Welcome to Triple Threat, the podcast with Jamel President, where it's good news and good vibes all the time, baby. When we left Portugal to come play with you and your system, Jamel, it was the best thing for Shane because you, you, you pushed him to do other things outside his box. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, coming up next, we got Dwayne Grace. Uh, Coach Grace coached me at the College of Charleston um, while he was there. Um, great guy, nicknamed Amazing Grace. Uh, heard stories about him breaking backboards and whatnot. So um, I was excited to, to play for this guy and learn a lot from him as well. Um, in our interview, we talked a lot about the transition from uh, high school to college and what it takes, even him being an assistant coach, um, some things he's seen um, from my young athletes that need to things that needed to, be, needed to be addressed. So we had a great conversation about um, the change of times, what athletes need to do in order to, uh, to be great at what in, in, in their craft. Um, all right, so let's get into the interview. How you doing, man? I'm good, man, I'm good, Cole, I'm good. Look, I just, uh, I appreciate you, you know, appreciate your time for coming on. We had, we had a lot of good Bro, man, you, you family, bro. We, we got to do whatever we got to do. You say teamwork make the dream work. That's what's up. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. So how long have you been doing the podcast? Doing the podcast since, uh, since uh, uh, October was the first one. Earl, Earl Grant was the first, first episode. Okay. I, I'm doing my TV show for five, six years. You know, okay. Why? Why interview? Uh, you know, businessmen and you know people out of the community and just kind of, kind of right. Uh, bring that light to other organizations. You know what I'm saying? Like rape victims and like all that other stuff. Kind of mix it up. But uh, I got. But right now, what we're trying to do is uh, Day Foundation has been that, that that soundboard for the community for athletes and parents and inter interviewing former college players, former college coaches, agents, things like that. Helps them give the right. knowledge to the people. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And this this will be this will be all audio. This won't be video. This is all audio for the podcast. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, hold on, I'm gonna try to cut you up a little more. All right, all right I got. You. you got me. Yeah, I got you, man. Right. So um, so yeah, this is what we do um, in, in in some of my interviews, Coach. You know, a lot of people that we talk to, you know, a lot of them give give props for being re recruited by you. So I, I say, you know, even though Cress was a good coach, but he, he, he ain't, no, ain't no X and O's about the Jimmies and Joes. So right. <laughs> your, your, your presence, your contribution, you know what I'm saying? You, 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 gotta, you gotta share that torch just as anybody else for getting those solid players, you know what I'm saying, at, at the college so Cress can, can, can coach him. Right, well, I appreciate that. You know, I think he gave me the, the latitude you know, or the rope, if you want to call it, to bring in the kids that we thought would fit our program and fit the mission, right. you know, that we were on. And, um, you know, I knew we had to bring in some some local talent, you right. know, and the local right. talent was right there at our feet. You know, we just had to recruit them. You know, we right. had to go in and get them. Right. And I think you guys were the catalyst, you know, when you look back at the success that the college had, I think it started, you know, it started back when Crest got there, but I think you guys took it to a whole nother level when you for talk sure, about sure. NCAA and NIT and things like that. Um, but, but it's the players, man. Coach will tell you that. You know, all the X's and O's and all of that stuff, you know, it comes down to players making plays and, and making the plays to win games. For sure. So, um, so it, it was a team effort. You know, I, I made sure I put the right people in 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 place for for not only 
you know, myself, but for Coach and Greg Marshall and all the other coaches that were there played a very integral part in getting all those guys there. For sure. So, Coach, while we get into it, um, you know, part of our, uh, you know, story is just like getting background from, you know, former players and, and where it first started. So, like, you know, you're, you're from um, – uh, Bennettsville, that's your hometown where you grew up, for, grew up at? Yeah, that's home. You know, um, it's take, a take little us, small. <laughs> take, take us back to, like, you know, the parks and recreation. Like, when you first started playing, like, middle right. school, you know, take us about that. Talk, 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 to, talk to us about that and how okay. it all started. Well, you know, you growing up in a small town like Bennettsville, you know, it's not a lot to do. Uh, right. And you know, ball, basketball, every kid had a goal in their yard, you know, and, and it was easy to go outside and pick up that basketball. I started playing probably around, seriously, around eight or nine. I got into the park and rec, and I'll never forget those Those were some really good days of, of development. Um, you know, a lot of the coaches were dads, you know, right. so they didn't have a lot of experience in how to develop players, but but they knew how to bring kids together and, 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 de and, and develop a team, you know, but, right. um, but it took off kind of from there. And then I got in junior high. That's what they called it back then. It wasn't middle school. It was junior high. Right. Um, and I got a coach. Uh, he actually was an attorney actually. And, uh, but he took me on this wing. His name was Greg Onessi and he's still a good friend of mine, an attorney in my hometown. And he gave me the name Amazing Grace, and it just wow. took off from there. Wow. And um, by the 10th grade, you know, I was starting on the varsity, and I only lost one game at home in three years. So the people in Bennisville, you know, they got their share of some good basketball, um, not losing but one game in three years. And then we went to the state championship uh, my junior year. And I had some really good players on my team. We had eight or nine guys go to Division One. Uh, from that team so um, it wasn't just me but but all just coming from a small town with not a lot to do just kept me a little more focused kept me within the lines mm -hmm. and um, and I thought basketball was my ticket I've always used the ball as a vehicle for sure um, you know to open doors and take me a lot of play I went all over the country man all over Europe and everywhere just chasing that ball so for sure. I try to show kids the way to do it especially trying to get your education paid for. Um, use that basketball. Use the talent that God gave you. For sure. And you made a good point. You know, a lot of people talk about that when they first started. It's always, you know, talking to Earl Grant, you know, Ed Barfield yes. was his, you know, it's always that one person that can really find value yeah. in a kid and invest right. in them. And they don't know how much, you know, kids appreciate that when they look back at that and, and they thank exactly. them for doing that. Exactly. So, so in high school, you, you really started to make things happen. Talk about, right. about the recruiting wars. Why, you know, why, okay. why, why CFC? Well, actually, what happened was um, I started getting recruited probably more. We started going to a camp called BC All-Star Basketball Camp. It was down in Tipton, Georgia. And I went as a freshman. And I think I kind of – I put myself out there, you know, um, I made the top 20 at the, the five-star, uh, the BC. It was, it was a former, it was a, it was a cousin to five-star, put it like that. And right. uh, I made the top 20 and it kind of took off from there. Just kind of started getting recruited from all over the country. And um, I had Kozel McQueen on my high school team, who was the NC state championship on the championship team in NC state. So we would have the ACC, the SEC, you know, in our games probably every night wow. in Bennisville, South Carolina, you would have Bill Foster, Lefty Giselle, wow. and uh, Al Valvano sitting together almost, you know. Wow. So, so we really brought what we, we really took recruiting to the next level. And it, it came down to really what happened uh, on my five visits. I was actually going to go to Maryland. Maryland was my choice. And on my visit, I really didn't have a lot of guidance when it came to recruiting. Um, you know, you figure a kid from a small town like Bennisville getting letters from all over the country, you really need someone who's been through those 
kind of avenues to kind of help guide you. And I was kind of on my own because even my head coach had never really witnessed what was going on. So uh, the College of Charleston was actually recruiting another kid on my team. So they, they really weren't recruiting me um, because I was really more going to Division One. Right. So, so anyway, uh, I did sign with Maryland early. I told them I wanted to sign late. And I'm going to share this with you because this is really important. Right. If you know where you want to go and they want you and you want them, then what are you waiting on? Right. You know, right. and I felt like I needed to wait because I wanted to sign in the spring, but there was no legitimate reason for that. So I right. remember Sherman Dillard, who was the assistant coach at Maryland, who was recruiting me. Uh, I remember him calling me to tell me that they were pulling the scholarship Whoa. and they were giving it to Jeff Atkins wow. because I wasn't going to sign with him. And it was a blow, but it was reality. It's a business. Right. You know, if you don't want to come and you're holding off, they got other kids that sure. want to come. For okay. Sure. So, so at that point, I had lost Maryland. So now I'm waiting in the spring, and I think the opportunities got less and less because people were signing kids early just like they do now. So, but I was out there, and then Maryland told George Mason about me because Joe Harrington, who's the head coach at George Mason, played at Maryland under uh, Lefty Giselle. So he gave him a phone call, and Rick Barnes was the assistant at George Mason at that time, wow. who's the head coach at Tennessee now. He's a great friend of mine and mentor. And he came down, flew in on private jet, came down to Bennisville, picked up myself, and, and actually Kozell's brother flew us up to George Mason. We looked at it. We liked it. And we signed. So I went to George Mason my freshman year. Wow. I didn't play a lot. Um, but I did develop. I, I, I mean, I can't, I, I thank George Mason for what they did, but I just felt like I needed to get closer back to home. So Rick Barnes, actually, he said, he found out I was transferring. I was even looking at Winthrop and places like that, you know, because I knew them. Right. But he said, if you're going to transfer and you're going to transfer to try to play in the next semester, why wouldn't you look at the College of Charleston? He said, that's the best program down there, and they mm. got the best coach. Mm. He said, and I can tell you two things that's going to happen. You're going to win a ton of games, and you're going to become a better player. Mm. I can, that's verbatim. Mm. Okay? So I called coach, and I had never been to Charleston. <laughs> I mean, living in Venezuela, I'm two and a half hours away. Wow. We always went north. We went because that's where all my people were in Maryland, D.C., New York. Right. So I never visited Charleston. So I came down on a visit and I felt like this is a place that not only I might want to go to school, I might even want to stay here, wow. you know, wow. at some point in my life, you know. And, and I used to tell kids that when I was recruiting them, I always look at a place like you might want to stay there when you graduate. Mm. Okay. So take that into consideration when you're making your decision. In this time out message, we got Barrington Huntley. Amateurism, um, you know, when you get certified by the NCAA, you have the academic certification. That's kind of what we just went over. Um, but then you have the amateurism component as well. And amateurism, all, you know, all it's making sure is that a student athlete hasn't professionalized themselves. Um, and isn't accepting money to play sports. So um, it's a series of questions that will be asked when the student registers. You know, they wanna know what teams you've been on, have you signed any professional contracts, that kind of stuff. And I can go ahead and tell you that 94% of students that come through our certification process don't have any issue with amateur. You know, it's a very small percentage, um, just making sure that they're not accepting any money above actual necessary expenses for their um, participation in sports. Now let's get back to the interview.
now I look back. I mean, my numbers retired. I graduated. I worked there for 10 years. It couldn't have got any better. Right, right. Than that. And, and Rick Barnes was a big part of that, you know. So, you know, you count your blessings, Jamel, and you put people in, in your life that, you know, that, that can take you places. Not, I mean, you don't use people, but, right, but right. I, I have people on my team that, that really care about where I'm going and where my life ends up. You know, and, and I have that same, I share those same feelings with a lot of the kids that I've dealt with or I've been a part of their life. Right. You know, so um, you take these things and run with them and you never know who's going to be impacting in your life when you meet them. You just don't know. So you always have to treat people with a lot of respect and, uh, and never judge people by, you know, what you see. You got to get to know a person before you can judge them. And you, you made a good point, Coach, about, about and, and for the audience that's listening, and that's right. the main reason why we have these conversations because that loophole, that decisions you made, that, right. it, you know, it could have been, you know, a, a game changer, you know. For, oh, no question. No question. So, right. But, but, but then again, we're talking about the value in the bag of rice. If you're, right. a, if you're a $6 bag of rice, you can't be, you're not, you can't be sold in Piggy Wiggly. You could be solely, you know, that sells in, in Whole Foods. So, you know, when you're talking about the value of a player and how to position themselves in school, and you said it, and you said it too, like, you're, you're, you liked Maryland, but did you think about the, the playing style versus the comfortability? Because that's, you know, all the players I talk to, Coach, when they say, yeah, college, because Dwayne Grace, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All the figure, he, he made me feel comfortable. And, yeah. you know, so, and, and that's what I'm trying to get players to not to not right. consider when, he, when they're choosing colleges because, it, like you say, it's a business. You got to right. you got to learn to be um, comfortable, uncomfortable. Right. Exactly. So, so, right. So that was that was huge. What you right. said in that story is huge, and players need to need to hear that. Right. Well, you know, I felt like I was I could compete with those guys, especially going to the camps in the summer. You know. I didn't feel like they were more talented. I felt like they were a little more developed, though, fundamentally. Sure. That's sure. where I saw the game change a little bit. I just wasn't sound. Sure. Uh, I was athletic. Uh, I could jump out the building. Um, I had a lot of guard skills in high school, and I think that's what attracted um, those schools. Um, and – but but at the end of the day, you're right. You really need to look at coaching staffs. You need to look at style of play. You look at your teammates. You look at where you are on the depth chart. Mm. Look at the coach's stability. I mean, there's a ton of stuff that that I might – I would – you know, when I'm working the job, I got to be careful that I don't let out all my secrets. But for sure, for but sure. But to a young man, you really need to look at all of those variables. Right. to make sure you get the right place. And that's why a lot of kids end up transferring. Right. Because right. they haven't picked the right place. Right. You know, right. and um, and I can go on and on about that, how many kids end up in the wrong place. Um, but, you know, again, you go back to the, the bag of rice analogy. If you're talented, you know, your talent will find somewhere. You know what I mean? And um, – and don't be afraid to step out of the box a little bit. Especially you know, I think going on when right I talk now. to you about. What you say, Coach? Yep. Yep. You got it. All right. Um. Yeah, I think I was talking a little bit about, you know, the 
decisions I made. It's about recruiting. And, you know, I just felt like some of those decisions I made, even though some of them weren't the best decisions, in the end, I think it made me a better man. For you sure. Know, to this day. Um, I know doing things, meeting different people, going to different places. It puts you in a position when you're an adult to say that you did it, you did it your way. You know right. what I mean? And um, and you don't look back. <laughs> you just don't. You know, right. so um, George Mason, even till this day, Carolyn Marsh is the secretary of George Mason. She was there in 1983. To this day, I can pick the phone up and call her and she'll say, Dwayne, Dwayne Mason. <laughs> Just like that, you right. know, and, right. and those are the relationships. It's about relationships. It's all about At the end of the day, it's all about relationships, you know. So um, everybody I meet, I want them to hopefully have a good taste in their mouth when they leave, um, you know, in, in, in there and kind of with me. So that every day, you know, hey. if, if something is not right, I try to fix it. Right. And I, I was talking about when we got, when we lost each other, when coach Crest hired me, he hired me to not only be a recruiter and a staple in the program, but someone that can make the right decisions mm. Mm. when it came down to certain things. I didn't have to bring everything to him. Uh, cause I knew his thoughts, mm. I knew his thoughts and I knew the way he wanted to run the program. So I could make that decision of, of recruiting that kid. Or I could make the decision that this, is the kid I want to bring in are different, they're different analogies. But my point is, you know, try to make, try to solve the problem instead right. of bringing it and making it a bigger issue. Right. You know, so, right. So, and you know, when, you know, we talked about coach Crest as far as, you know his his coaching styles and in 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 the life lessons you learn about having that seven thirteen time. You know, like just different. I mean, different things that he 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 implemented. What, oh yeah. What, what were some of the uh, some of the nuggets that you obtained from you know uh, being in that environment, and how did you uh, apply it to, to to your life? Um. Well, I, I mean, if you talk. When you talk about Coach Crest, I mean, there's one word probably comes to mind more than anything else. It's preparation. For sure. Uh, the time spent. And, you know, I was listening to um, – there was a football coach on. I can't remember his name, but, I mean, if, if, I could, if we weren't talking, it would be right on the tip of my tongue. But he, he talked about trust. Uh, trust with coaches, trust with players. He talked about – not having internal issues, um, you know, in on the team that can hamper or hinder your success. And what Coach Perry tried to do, he tried to make sure everybody was on the same page, whether it was the, the trainer, the film guy, you know, mm. the, the guy driving the bus. Mm. You know, it was a lot of preparation that went into making the ship sail. And what I think one of the things I still <laughs> to this day, um, when, when, if I'm in the gym and I'm working with clients or whatever I'm doing, I pride myself on being on time and being prepared. Mm. Okay. So I'm going to go over my training schedule that I'm going to implement. I'm going to, I'm going to know my name, you know, big time. I'm going to greet them. And from the moment they come in that door to the moment they leave, they get all my attention. And wow. That's the way Coach Crest was. He's talking to you, you better believe he was talking to you. For sure. Okay. For he sure. was right in your face, looking right in your eyes, and making sure you heard every word he said and vice versa. For sure. Um, and then the punctuality thing, you know, we, we didn't want to do anything. The meeting was at 10 o'clock. And someone will repeat the same thing over and over and over. So, you know, the organizational skills, the preparation, the work, you got in the work. If you got high expectations, then they better meet the work ethic. 
for sure. Oh, it won't work. It just, it just doesn't, you know. And I've seen that um, not only as a player, but but even out here in the business world, or even working with kids. If your expectation is you want to be a Division One, Division whatever, collegiate athlete on a scholarship, then your plan, your your daily your daily routine has to implement that. I mean, it has to it has to show that that's where your goals are. Right. You got to put the work in. Got to put the work and, in. And if not, somebody else will do it. Right? Yeah. While you sleeping, somebody working. I've always heard that, and that's true. Not saying that you got to get up at six in the morning every day and 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 go crazy, but you got to get it in. You got a plan. You got to have a plan in place. Hey, what's up, guys? Check this out. If you're coming into the Charleston area, or maybe leaving at the Charleston area, and you want to avoid long lines and be greeted by friendly, sweet people, go check out Mark over at Avis and Budget Car Rental at 7685 Northwoods Boulevard. When you go see Mark and you mention Triple Threat Podcasts, you receive 30% discount on your rental. They also offer compact to large SUVs and vans to rent with quick, easy transaction and check us out and limited mileage on most rentals. So give Mark a call at 843-572-3190. Don't forget to mention Triple Threat Podcast. So, Coach, um, you know, and you played, you know, you had a great career. Did y'all win any championships there at uh, at the, during your tenure? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were dis- District 6 champions. That was the district then is what they call the conference. We won the conference every year. We went out to Kansas City. We participated in the NAIA championships at Kemper Arena. I was actually just talking about I had a lady on the phone yesterday from Kansas City, and we talked for an hour <laughs> because that's where we used to go. Wow. to play the championships. Uh, and um, we were out there a few times when I was a player, played against Rodman, you know, with Southeast Oklahoma. And there was some other – Terry Porter was out there with Wisconsin, Stevens Point. There were some really good players right. at that level. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just look at, you know, the experience. It was a great experience, uh, you know, during my time. You know, you are uh, – I want to just say this, you know, your time is your time. You know, things change. You know, if the game, if I came along now, it would be different. (laughs) But but that was the time I was in. And and I enjoyed it all. You know, I wouldn't change a thing if I had to. But but I also believe um, it goes back to a little bit style of play. You know, um, of course, at the college, you know, Coach Crest was more – it was more a little more controlled when you were on a lot of sets. You know, I think when you guys came along, like I said, about the time frame, we we thought we needed to allow the players a little more freedom, you know, to, to, to exert their talents, so to speak. And I think you would see the benefits of that when you look at players like Anthony Johnson and some of those other kids who got opportunities afterwards, after basketball. Um, the uh, allowing those guys to play their game, I think they were seen. They were seen a little more. Uh, and then, of course, going to the NCAA appearances gave a lot of guys that window uh, to show their talent. So, uh, but again, the time that you're in means a lot. That system was the most frustrating, effective system <laughs> I've ever seen. You know what I mean? As a freshman, because you, we talk about players talk about all the time. You and you, you said it earlier about right. Mason. You had a, you had talent, but the right. standard was low. And I think right. Coach Crest's system, he needed talent to make his right. system work. But you had to think the game. Your IQ had to be totally up oh, yeah. off the charts. And one thing I realized, what I figured out, is that if you want to score, it's like in life, right? If you right. want to score, help somebody right. out. Set a pick, right? Because once I set a pick. Right. You're going to go with that. And I, I'm hoping I'm open every time. It's going to open you up. Right, right. Well, I tell kids now, you know, if you set me a good screen, you might be the one getting the ball. 
that's a that's possible, you know. So um, Crest's system, and and it's a winning system, no doubt. You know, there's no doubt about that. And you'd had to be like you say cerebral in a way where, because I actually, Jamel, to be honest with you, I didn't know if it was gonna work for me there when I got there. The system, because I said, my God, I mean, I got a book that was probably about <laughs> two hundred pages. Yeah, set plays, out of bounds plays, special situation, you name it. Right. And I was like, wow, this is gonna be another course I gotta take. Right. You know, right. and, and right. do I wanna think this much? I have never thought this much uh out here on the court. Right. But but repetition, practice and repetition, you'll get it. Right. If you got brains and you can think, and those are the type of kids we brought in, players that, you know, could handle what we were giving them. Um and if you bought in, you had that's, to buy that's in. That's the key word. That's the key word. Right. A lot of players you weren't receptive. Buy they weren't uh, receptive. They weren't receptive to the to the discipline. Right. They didn't want to buy in. That's why it didn't work for them. Right, right. It won't work for you if you don't. You know, um, it's a team. It's a team effort. You know, again, teamwork makes the dream work. And you're going to have to do what's required um, from you. You know, right. give all you got. And he gives all he ha he has to give, and we do it as a team. Let me tell you this, man, and I, and I don't say this to many people. There were nights when we would go to play teams where I felt like we were already up 10 with the group we had. Wow. Walking in the building with wow. yourself, Johnson, Delaney, Connor, Weber, Johnson. I mean, it was yeah, I could look at the fear sometime on other on on the opponents' faces, wow. Wow. and some of their fans knew it was going to be a tough night when right. the college came in. You know, so we would walk in, and I and like I said, I wouldn't say this to everybody. I felt like we were already up ten. It was our game to lose, you know, versus you know theirs to win. It was our game to lose if we didn't play our game. That's and, interesting. Uh, you can recall that. We yeah, were out I, of southeast, southeast Louisiana, <laughs> and and things didn't go right, and you see what happened. Right. You remember that, right? right. So right. again, but things didn't I, go right because we got staked the night before. That's why things didn't go right. And we broke the we broke the system. See, we the did. system right. was in place. Right. And we, and we did something to right. break up that monotony of how we did things. That's and awesome. if you do that, that's what can happen. That's you awesome. Know, you, Right, so um, he would have sacrificed, I, but it was it was a good sacrifice. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, it 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 learned some guys learned a valuable lesson. <laughs> Don't shake up the system. Right. Just do right. what you do what you're supposed to do, and it'll work out. Because you know, I I just remember that night, and um, you know, I recruited all you guys, so I right. knew you know where we all came from. For you sure. know what I mean? Sure. And um. It didn't have to be that way, and I think that happened for a reason. Right. Jamel, and you, you'll relate to this. There's some basketball gods out there. For sure. Okay? Uh, and, and you, yeah. Uh, and, and they overlook the whole, mm. the whole thing. The whole, the whole thing is being viewed by the basketball gods. And if mm. you do things the way they're supposed to be done, the gods will look out for you. Mm. They'll, they'll do for you if you do for them, but if you don't, and, and you know it's it's almost like karma, right? You know, you, yeah, it it'll, it'll come back and bite you if if you don't follow the the you know the right protocol. For and, sure. Um, and that was a small lesson to learn, but it's a life lesson. We all remember that. We ain't gonna never sure. forget it. Never right. forget. But it was one night, one day, one game. But valuable lesson. Valuable <laughs> you know? lesson. So right as a coach and everything, and and not only that, I think it really took Coach Crash back. It, it really knocked him off his rocker, too, because <laughs> this is his group. This is my team. Right. This is right. my family. This is my family. Right. Let's put it like that. We right. spent more team. We spent more time together. together. Right. Than we did with our families. Right. So right. so when something like that happens, it really knocks you back. And I felt it. It was it was heartfelt. It was tough. To him. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. you guys probably don't know how it made him feel. Nah, I didn't thought about it. To him. I didn't right. thought about it that way. I didn't thought about right. it. Right. It had never happened to him before, nor did he ever think that it would happen, mm -hmm. you know, like that, that someone that would defy the order, you know, and, and more or less like a quote-unquote sit-in. But, but that's all I'll say to that. For sure. But, um, but again, you know, as we look back, 
we we take those things and we use them. We use them now to help somebody else, sure. you know, not make that same mistake, you know. So, um, but anyway, man, this this wanna, is good stuff, and you yeah. know, I hope you know there's an audience that can listen and, and hear some of these things that uh, that can help them in some way, you know. And um, and Jamel, I'm. I know this has been a little rocky trying to get me here on the phone, but I'm a phone call away. I really am. For sure. For sure. Uh, anytime, you know, I can help you and any of my players, man, they know they can call me, you know. And I and the one thing that I did, I lost everybody's phone number. Uh, I got a new phone, and the, the people, when they did my numbers, I didn't have them saved. But I did. I had them saved in my Gmail, but um, I didn't have those passwords and stuff so i lost a lot of the kids numbers so i'm gonna have um patricia try to get me all those players numbers back so i can stay in touch with them right, i like to right. stay in touch with you guys i like to see you i like to sure. see what you're doing i like to see your families and 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 that's that's what it's all about jamel it was a total picture it wasn't just basketball right you know i was hoping that all you guys would be um very successful in everything you do. And you know, I want to ask you that, Coach, you know, and before, we, before I let you go, you know, in, sure. in, in recruiting and in, in dealing with families and going to homes and, you know, most of them were, like you say, you knew our background. We, you, some of right. us have father figures or didn't have right. secure, secure family. So we were looking, right. you know, yeah. for, to, to call a trust or just someone that we can just, just right. say, call home or talk to what were right. some of the some of the the things that you would you would consider besides talent when you were looking to 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 fill those spots at the college? Well, you know, you go back to <laughs> scouts honor, if you want to say, you know, about integrity and um, you know, being accountable and, and being honest and, and things like that. I would try to get to know the kids as best I could by phone. You know, we only had one contact by phone, and I had three contacts in person. So you had to make a pretty good decision about who you were going to spend the next X amount of years with, you right. know. And, and not only that, you, you're representing a, a, an institution, uh, a city, you know. Um, and that's the way I looked at it. You know, the kids we bring in, because I, I was a player there, so I knew – where the college set as far as, you know, how people looked at us, you right. know, as players and, and what we represented. So I had to make sure we looked at the total picture. Um, I needed guys that were going to be stand-up guys uh, that could represent the school um, and, and and speak on the school properly. I mean, we would go places, Mel. You knew it. People want to talk. They want to talk about your school. They want to talk about – your success and, and we had to have spokesmen if you say you know uh out there that, that really promote our program um so you weren't only a, a player you are a promoter you are promoting the program if you are out there in uniform right so so uh, the parents you know a lot of the kids um you know uh, again i go back to time and error or time and score um, some of the kids, you know, their fathers weren't there. And, and, and I felt I wasn't a father figure, but I felt a duty, For sure. you know, to, to help this kid in areas maybe where he needed it, that were relaxed some, you know. Uh, and I think the moms also felt that way, felt comfortable with Coach Cress and myself and our staff that, that we were going to do right by their sons, you right. know. And um, I took a lot of pride in that. And, and to this day, if I see them moms, I'm a, I hug them just like, just sure. like I hugged them back in the '80s and '90s, sure. um, because I did exactly what I said. You know, I didn't, um, I didn't have to lie. I didn't have to lie about anything. Charleston, I felt like Jamel. If I could get you to Charleston, you, you gonna have a hard time leaving. <laughs> right. I was gonna make it real hard on you to, to say no. You know, and uh, and some kids I recruited, I knew they weren't gonna sign with. But right. I might get them later. Right. So, okay. They they might they might not like where they're going, and they might pick their phone up. And some of them did. Coach, coach. They would call me, and I knew exactly who they were. Right. I said, like whether it was Ken Ward, Carl Thomas, you name them, I recruited those kids out of high school. 
You recruited Carl Thomas? Yeah, yeah. Out of Tampa Prep, for sure. He'll tell you. Man, I recruited him hard. Yeah, and Joe Finland, Joe Finland was his coach, and I uh, ended up going to Western Kentucky. Exactly, and called me back. And when he called, I told Crest who called. Man, we was on him like hot, like hot sauce. Wow. <laughs> and wow. Shake came, Shake came on back, you know, and uh, it made a big difference in the program. Those kids were steps above. Mm-hmm. All you kids were steps above where the program was almost. You know, I thought you were next-level players that we had to get to compete against uh, uh, Georgia Tech or, or Wake Forest or you name them. You know, we had kids who could compete with those guys. In this time, our message, we got Barrington Huntley. That's the plan right now. So for students enrolling next year, the year after, they have a lot of flexibility that I kind of went over earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but the plan is to go back to normal. I will say when it comes to the test score right now, there is a, it's called the Standardized Test Score Task Force that has been put together. And that is going to look at whether there needs to be any adjustments uh, or potential elimination of the test score requirement from NCAA legislation altogether. So that's something to keep uh, keep an ear out for just to see if that's going to change. Nothing has come out of the group yet. There's been a few meetings, but mm-hmm. once um, once something does come out, for sure, definitely we can get that communicated um, and, and kind of be looking for that. You know, we'll see. Now let's get back to the interview. So uh, that was big, man. You brought back a lot of memories. <laughs> we start talking about Tampa, boy. I want to move to Tampa. Yeah. I want to. I want to live in Tampa. I don't know. Uh, I said. I told my wife. I said, boy. At the end of the day, I might want to live down here. Right. I, I, I really love going to visit Tampa and. and uh, and he wasn't the only kid we recruited down there. There were some other kids out of Orlando. And John Leslie was from Lake City, Florida. You know, so we got down into Florida. Carol Dawson was from Jacksonville. So I tried to make some inroads in some areas that we really weren't in. You know, right. Ken Ward was from Alabama, man. We weren't in Alabama. You know what I mean? And right, right. We got a kid out of Carver High School. That was big. You made, you so, made a good point right there because – Kids do come yeah. back, and the reason why, when y'all, when Carl Charles recruited me before with the Folk Union, I was like, I right. didn't go to the Carl Charles because Wisconsin right. recruiting me. All the right. my grandfather yes, died, my uncle passed. I'm like, I want to stay yeah. home, and I remember come home. You right. and Chris we, came to my house and we walking out, yes, sat down there, and I was like, Yeah, I'm, I'm going there, man. I'm going there, and that was a good decision, Mel, because you were a home product. You and Melvin were two kids that we really wanted in the program. You know, we really worked hard, and uh, and you know, coach, you know, coach, he put me in the right position. You had a good guy there, man. Earl's still down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, he's still down there somewhere. I see him every now and then. Yeah. And uh, you know, um, and who was your athletic director back then? Uh, I want to say it was Earl. It was Earl. Earl was at. Was it? Yeah, it was AD and the coach. Okay, I got you. Right. So. I just remember all those relationships, man. They put us in the right position to recruit you guys. They didn't keep us away. You know, some coaches won't allow you to, to get in and recruit their kids. The door was open, man. They said, look, we want, we want to see some of these kids go to the College of Charleston. Listen, we got an institution right here. And, uh, you know, you did good by that, man. I think your mom and all your family, you look back at all that support you had, bro. Yes, sir. Come on, yes, sir. now. <laughs> right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. That made a big difference. And not yes, only uh, what you did then, but what you're doing now. You know yes. what I mean? You were you were present. So you yes. didn't leave. Those kids know who you are. People sure. in Charleston know who you are. That means a lot. So uh Thank you for that, Coach. And, right. and, and um well, quick for let you for let you go, Coach. I know you gotta go, but I want you to tell the 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 the, the up-and-coming coaches out there that wants to get into collegiate coaching, you know, tell them, you know, give them some, 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 just some 
tidbits that can help them and also identify what their role is. You said it earlier about mm-hmm. building that relationship so Coach Crest can trust you so you don't have to take everything to him. Identify right. that assistant coach role so because right. it can be conflicting if you don't know your role and you don't understand where you need to be in the situation. So can just briefly explain that, Coach. Right. Well, I think young coaches today need to absorb first a lot of knowledge from different coaches. Seek out all the the, the basketball intelligence you can get uh, where you're ready to take on a position. You know, um, I, I'm not saying that you can't get there and learn, but but a coach nowadays, his he, he got he's wearing so many different hats. Uh, I think it's up to you to kind of get yourself prepared for the job now. If, if he wants you to be a recruiter, um, what Coach Crest did, he allowed us to play a part in every aspect, okay, whether it was scouting, recruiting, coaching, uh, practicing, uh, practice plan. Coach did it all. So he prepared us for anywhere we needed to go. I can tell you that. When I left Charleston and went to Charlotte, mm. there was nothing that I was lacking um, right. to go to that next position. Um, so I think getting yourself prepared, meeting a lot of coaches, um, getting yourself out there, putting your name out there. I think now with social media, uh, you have all of, almost another platform of putting yourself out there. Um, and then, uh, you know, I only work for two coaches. I think it's good to work for different coaches. I'm not saying bounce around, but, but when you get under one guy, you learn a lot from him. Don't be afraid to take it somewhere else and learn a lot from another guy. Right. Um, if you want to be that great assistant. And then, you know, you got to get kids. You got to have, you know, you got to have some savvy and style about you because kids today, it's different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's social media. You better be able to get on and, and get them online and, and different things like that because you don't have with this COVID stuff now, you don't have the in-person like you had. Right. Um, and, and work your tail off, man. If you work, 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 it'll work for you. I can tell you that because good coaches want hardworking coaches, not, mm-hmm. not coaches that, I mean, Coach Crest, he was hardworking, spent a lot of hours in the gym, but, but it showed in his program. Right. You know, if you want success, your car probably got to be the last one in the parking lot. Mm. More than likely. Every day, you're – your car will probably be the last one in the parking lot. So don't get into coaching if you don't want to spend the time. If you don't want to put a lot of time in and be in that gym and be in that place where that lab, where we used to call it, then this might not be for you, mm. okay? If, if, but if you really want it, and, and there are opportunities out there for good coaches, uh, work your tail off and stay in the business. I can tell you that. I think I got out of line. But I think at the time, you know, I wanted to make a left turn. Um, but but I look at it now, and I'm just as excited about it as I was when I got in. So I'm not saying that the door is shut as far as where I'm at, you know, but um, because I think players need you. I think players need good coaches and good leaders. For sure. And if you have that ability, you know, get put it to use, you know. But, uh, but again – I always use the phrase time and score. Time and score? Be time and score, okay, which means that there's a time and score where you need to make the move. Mm. Is it the right time and score for you to make the move mm. now? You know, mm. uh, and I just use that analogy because it's, it's something we all can relate to. That's, that's you know, awesome. you call that time out at the right time. Right. Or you, or you might mess up, you know, right. or you might lose it. Uh, and if the score is right, you know, you make your move, you make your subs at the right time and score, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I just use that um, analogy in, in, in my life trials here, you know, in my daily uh, experience. I'm going so, um, to steal that one, Coach, if you don't mind. He made a name for himself as a star for the College of Charleston basketball teams in the mid to late 90s, and now – Jermel President is doing what he can to make sure that the Charleston area kids have a chance to succeed on the court and in life. So I want to, you know, give some of that back to the community as well. Um, after college and after playing professionally, uh, I started the Day Foundation just to 
to be that wealth of knowledge to the kids in the community and, and parents as well. College of Charleston Hall of Famer Jamel President said he saw a need for this while he was in school. So he founded the nonprofit Day Foundation. And his philosophy for success is based on what he calls his oatmeal recipe. Let's go and finish together. Basically teaches the game of basketball, focusing on skills, development, nutrition, and education. Not only SAT, ACT type stuff, but education for parents in how to navigate through the different levels of athletics. You, you know, playing a, 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 a former collegiate athlete, former uh, mm. collegiate coach, right? And right. then working yeah. out players too, right? Yeah. Besides the obvious about players need to get good grades and, and, and they need to do yeah. all this other stuff. Like, and, and I tell people all the time, halibut, you might not remember this, but oh, yeah. you went eating and, and you was like, I don't eat meat, I eat halibut. I'm like, we was right. laughing. <laughs> I, was, I was laughing my butt off. I'm like, halibut? Like, halibut. you know halibut, bro? But what is halibut? <laughs> what is halibut? But now right. all I eat is fish. I don't eat steak. I don't eat. I don't eat red meat. Right. And so I, right. Right. If I had to know if I had known the education of of nutrition at that time, it'd have been so important right. as an as an athlete. Oh yeah. In, in closing, oh yeah. Talk about oh. those extra things that you would tell an athlete athlete that they need to do because you can see right. from from our time coming up, your time coming up, yeah. the game has changed. What are some key athletes need to be? Um, uh, attentive of when trying to get to the next level? I, I, I'm going to say this first. It's probably taking care of your body. I'm going to say that first, and then I'm going to bring in some of the other things that uh, attribute to that or contribute to that. Um, you know, you want to stay injury-free, and if you, if you take care of your body right, you can reduce a lot of those things that will make you miss games or take away from your overall experience. Um, and at my age now, even at a younger age, coming out of the country, you know, we ate what was on the table, okay? Mm -hmm. you, you know, your mom and dad were doing everything they could to just keep you full or keep food on the table. But now a lot of that could be unhealthy. When you right. look at um, our generation or, uh, you know, blacks and minorities, we have a lot of underlining conditions, as they say, sure. whether it's diabetes, heart, um, high blood pressure, heart disease. A lot of those things are very prevalent in our community. So, um, you know, I contribute a lot to my sister-in-law because she was out, out west, out in L.A., and she brought back the West Coast diet. Mm -hmm. and, and once that happened, you know, it, it, it excluded me, you know, and here I am. Uh, you know, I had to have meat or it wasn't a meal. Sure. Um, but but once I started eating the right plant-based foods and I went to a more of a plant-based diet, I saw that I didn't need the meat. Mm. And then once I alleviated the meat, then a lot of other things started looking better, whether it was my weight or my skin or my energy or, you know, the way I slept. I mean, everything improves when you improve your diet. Um, and then, of course, you got to work out consistently. You know, um, I'm a runner now. You know, I don't know how I got into it, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm a runner for life now until I can't run anymore. I started running with a guy, and I, was, I hated to run when I had to run. Mm. Now I wake up wondering where I'm running today. You know, mm. it's that's one of the first thoughts in my head. So I think I've trained my brain or the body to, to require almost mm -hmm. that type of regimen, you know, and um, and they say you are what you eat. There's a lot of truth to that. Sure. If you think about it, um, if you eat wrong, there's no way that you can have a great outcome. It's just not going to happen. Eventually, it catches up with you if you're doing things where there's high sodium or a lot of sugar or something's probably going to creep up on you. Not saying that I'm going to live forever, but I just want to live, try to live a healthy lifestyle, you know, um, and the exercise and diet will heavily contribute to that. And then, of course, you know, taking care of your body, trying to get the right proper rest. Uh, I've changed. I'm 57 now. So, you know, I'm doing a lot of things a little different than I did at 30. I'm doing a lot of things that I'm doing different than I was at 40. Um, if you want to get to 70 and 80, you better watch the 50s and 60s from what I hear. 
and I and I listened to a lot of the elders. You know, I talked to a lot of people that are dealing with medical issues, and I talked to a lot of people that don't have any. And a lot of them, the ones that don't have that many, you look at what they're putting in their bodies, and and it, it contributes to you know that's what it comes down to, you know. <laughs> just trying to eat healthy and then try to have a form of exercise, you know. And here's the, here's uh, and the, I conflicting, here's the conflicting part about that. And I wanted to, you know, just touch base because we as men, right, right. as athletes, right, we look right. in the mirror and we want to see that bulk, right? Right. When I started, when right. I started eating meat, stop eating meat and losing weight, I had a tough time mentally dealing right. with weight loss. Not only right. myself, but for right. uh, how other people view me, right? Right, so right, it was right. A mental, that's, that's it was a, a mental point. thing that I had to really figure out and kind of, yeah. like, deal with. Right. Well, well, when you think about it, though, Mel, um, lean is in, okay? Um, you can be you, – you don't have to be so bulky, but you can be strong, okay? Right. Now, it also comes down to what profession you're in. If you're a pro football player, I wouldn't advise that because you're gonna need you're gonna need that meat on the bones. You're gonna probably have to have a different diet right. if you're a professional football player. Uh, if you're a wrestler or something of that nature, then I, maybe meat taking the meat out of your diet might not be the best thing. Or substitute, but, but at this or point, substitute for like protein powder and things of exactly. that nature that can, exactly. that can increase the more protein in your diet. Right, because at this point I weigh two twelve, and I weigh two ten in college, and oh, I rarely wow. get past two fifteen. You know, I try to stay in that range. Now I don't look the same because my thighs were so big in college that I had to buy pants bigger than the waist to get over my thighs. Wow. But now I don't worry about that. Right. You know, I'm looking at trying to just stay healthy. So right. if you look at me, yeah, I might look thin, but but I'm toned. Okay, you want you want tone more than bulk to me right. at this point, you know, because I don't want to be heavy. Because just like a boxer, he has to come in at the right weight. If he doesn't come in at the right weight, he can't fight. Mm. So, so again, if I gain two, three pounds, I can tell the difference in my run. Mm. I can feel it in the run. Mm. So I want to. I don't want the pressure on my knees that you know coming from mm. weight. So, mm. so alleviating that weight, because see, a lot of people, when you first start working out, you probably got to lose a little weight before you start doing all that running and all that stuff, or you're sure. going to hurt something else. Right. 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 So you're going to have to probably look at diet. If you had a choice, and I asked some of my friends, we had these conversations. If, what, if you had a choice, would you rather eat right or exercise? And, and it really, if you ask the doctor, he'll probably say eat right. Because if you eat right, you might not need to exercise mm -hmm. that much. Mm -hmm. But but if you're exercising and eating wrong, you're still going to encounter the same medical issue probably That's at true. some point right, down the road. But if you're doing both, then, then you kind of combating it from, from both areas, I think. You know, mm -hmm. you have you want you want energy, man. I think if I had to say one thing I want daily, is I want to get up and feel good and be able to go and move with the energy I need. For sure. You know, yeah, I don't want to feel like, man, I don't want to do that today. I, I just got to lay around. No, something's creating that. You right. know, if you're getting the right rest and you're eating the right thing, you should have enough energy. Now, also, I would add in there, take a multi. Mm -hmm. Every Everybody should take a multivitamin, you know, because you got to figure you're not getting everything you need every day. Right. You know, so if that multivitamin will maybe help compensate for some of the things that you're not getting and, you know, losing, and losing and losing and losing potentially you know so and then the water you know you got to drink water i think water helps me keep these colds away and stuff in the winter you know right. as i'm in and out of gyms uh we have to really be careful because that's where a lot of the for sure uh, viruses and different germs and things are i mean i know people that don't go to the gym in the winter time Right. They just shut it all the way down because they don't want to encounter these viruses or different things that are in the gyms. But um, but we just have to have a good, healthy immune system right. to try to help fight off a lot of these viruses and things. 
because you're going to encounter them. We probably already encountered them. Is, is we're already living with them. Just on what level, we're already in our body, just depending on how yeah. strong the immune system is that it takes over. That's what it right. is. Right, right. And having these underlying medical conditions, probably it doesn't help. I mean, right. it looks like the virus almost attacks you right. when, when you have those underlying conditions. So um, just trying to stay healthy and, you know, and do the right things and pay attention to your family medical history. You know, try to know as much about that as possible because you are a product of that environment. You know, you're going in those same, you're in the same lane. You know, your right. DNA, you, you know, they say the fruit don't fall far from the tree. That's true. But but you can change the way the fruit is. You know, my family, we got, we got things on both sides, my mom's side and dad's side. And once I realized that, I said, hmm, man, I'm headed the same way unless I change something, you know. So diet was the first thing, and I didn't do it intentionally. <laughs> I did it. I did it. Somebody introduced me to that. Like you say, having that one person that might change your life, totally. uh, that did, you know, because I go home. I remember the first time I told my mom I didn't eat meat. She looked at me like I was crazy, you know what I mean? Right. You know, I couldn't, you know, her fried chicken or her Salisbury steak or that roast beef and rice. I, I remember them things like it was yesterday. Right. But right. but but now, you know, my body just don't want them. I can't, just even, I can't even think about them right now. I can't even think exactly. about them. <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, I, I had some pineapple and a little whipped cream last night. That was dessert. You right. know, and normally that would be a piece of cake. Or something with some icing on it, or right, you know, right. you go to that fruit man and put a little something on it, or you know, your beans and your salads and stuff. It's good stuff. It's you know, Mel, we used to go to Quincy's. I get that big old salad, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and, and let it go, you know. Or I get me some French fries. Give me two orders of French fries, even though they was fried, they was potatoes. Right. But I didn't have the meat in. It. I just I was I was trying to get to a point. Where I could exclude the meat, and you just yeah. never know. You never know. You know who's watching you. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh man, what you talking about? Because yeah. what that was just saying, Coach. Like you know, again, you know, we. I can speak right. for other players. But I'm speak for myself. I appreciate yeah. you. You know what I'm saying? Thank for you, that presence, for for giving me an opportunity, for looking sure. at me and, and right. utilizing the talent, and they wanted to pursue that. Yeah, that's exactly. You, exactly. Didn't, you didn't have to do that. It was tons of players out there. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I appreciate you for, you know, being that, you know, living on uh, on the east side. You can come just yeah. come talk to you. And, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, that's, oh, yeah. that's stuff that people don't forget, and those relationships you never forget. So I appreciate that's you right. for being a up guy and being yeah. that, that presence, man. And, and, and I speak for a lot of the, the players that you brought to the – to the, to yeah, the, I appreciate um, it. And help, you know, bring that legacy there. Sure, man. I appreciate that, man. And now we, you guys have to do the same thing. For sure. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, and I learned from a lot of people and, you know, I watch people, like you say, you, you can't stop learning. Right. Don't ever stop learning. And you can learn from a lot of people. Man, I can go in a gym and watch some five-year-olds practice. For sure. And I might see something I like. <laughs> you know, five-year-olds, sure. six-year-olds. Or right. something. And I, I, it's just, just something. Maybe the way they lined up. Or maybe right. the way they got in. I don't know. The way they came in, it's something. Right. But you can't ever stop learning. Don't ever close your mind to not wanting to pick up something from anybody. You know, some, anybody can teach you things. So don't ever close your mind to learning and picking up new things. So, uh, but again, man, it was a pleasure talking with you, man. And yes, you got to do it again. Maybe next time we can do something a little live. I'm going to be in and out. I'm down there a lot, but I ain't down there for about a day, you sure. know, so because uh, I have to try to get back to Charlotte. But uh, but eventually, too, you know, we're going to make some decisions on uh, now that my son's out of school, um, you know, out of high school, right. we can make some decisions on what we do next, you know. So because, uh, you know, I'll never retire, uh, you know, as long as I'm able to help somebody or help a kid, I'll always function somewhere in the academy doing something. Exactly. with basketball and then i'll do some community stuff so um i'm always going to be present man out here trying to help somebody for you sure. know what i mean for sure. right so uh you keep doing what you're doing man for and sure. uh keep changing lives that's important i appreciate you big guy sure man sure man all right holler at everybody down there man hug your mama for me all right all right, all right. Be be safe, man. Too. 
Sure, man. All right. Appreciate it. Peace. All right, peace. So there it goes, guys. Another one in the books. Uh, we thank uh, Coach Dwayne Grace for coming on and, and giving us that wealth of knowledge, helping us um, understand what it takes to be great on all levels. Again, thank you for your time. In our next episode, we got uh, our student athlete informational, um, a collage of interviews from nutritionists, college coaches, uh, players, agents, all right, the whole nine, just talking about all those things that players, families, and the community need to do to be supportive of student athletes. Can't wait to get into it. All right, be right back. What Jermel is doing with Today Foundation and the approach he's taking to help develop young athletes, first of all, getting them prepared from the academic standpoint, which as you know, as well as I do, Bobby, that's the most important element to try to get them to eat healthy, to be able to train properly, to get the proper education, and then hopefully for those who are talented enough to have a chance to move on to perhaps even get a free education by going off to college. But I love what Jermel is doing. It's a wonderful program. Hopefully more people in the community will get behind it and some of the businesses involved as well to help sponsor this program. Because these are the kind of things that every community needs. Looking out for the best interest of a youth. The future of this country is in our youth. And everything that we can do to help prepare them better for that is absolutely wonderful. And, and I can't express adequately enough my admiration and respect for what Jermel is doing and hopefully he'll get a lot of help from a lot of people. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. Let's see.